When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. My name is Lewis and I'm joined today by my good friend Sean. How are you doing, brother? I'm all right, man. I'm all good. What's happening? Yeah, all good, man. All good, all good. Obviously, um, uh, just me and you today. We're gonna we're gonna cover um, the uh, the win over Palace, and we'll have a little look over um, what's been happening over the last few days. As well, and just have a, a brief look over to the weekend. If um if if people do want a more extensive post match analysis of Palace of the Palace game, we did do a patron piece uh, literally on yesterday morning, so the morning after the game. Um, so if you want to get access to that, you can go to our Patreon, you can join our Patreon for as little as three pounds a month, and you'll get a post match for every single game because we know it's a bit of an inconvenience, you know, to touch a good as pod coming out on a Thursday. Um, and most games are going to be on like Saturday, Sunday, right? So we understand that that's why we have the Patreon, but you know, with Champions League this year, we might be able to do a little cheeky, you know, on, on the night one, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe a cheeky live, live pod. You know, straight after the game, straight yeah, after we yeah. beat Real Madrid in the Champions League semi-finals, we'll be able to go live stream. Do you know what I mean? So we, we, without Gabriel, good. well, <laughs> listen, let's not let's not put that in the into the ether because I think I think there's a lot of scaremongering about that. I can't lie to you, man. I think yeah. there is um, because and and nothing is coming from any sort of credible source. So that's what's kind of getting me. And Arteta said himself, like, bro, he's. He, there's not there's nothing to it um that being said i don't think arteta really helps himself because he does these kind of cryptic yeah he, things he, like he, he he can lie sometimes like you know mm. just he, he has that venga lie in him where he's just like yeah yeah i'm not gonna do it and then something miraculous yeah happens so i don't know man i don't know but and he, yeah. he did say something about how someone we don't want to leave will leave or something like that. Do you remember when he said that? Like a few, maybe like a month ago? I don't think he said that, bro. I think he that did. He, did he no, no, that. he said that. He said that. He said, there's some, there's, I'm paraphrasing here, but we all thought it was about party when he said it. Someone we don't want to leave is going to leave. But are you sure that came from, uh, that doesn't feel like something. It, he, I, it, it feels it like came, the journalist reported on that. Like No, no, it. he said it. 
He said it. He said oh, it. Fair. But fair. it was mad cryptic. But we all thought it was about party. Okay. You know, we don't want it to happen, but it might happen, kind of thing. It's out of our hands. So, um, fair enough. If it, maybe maybe it's about Gabriel. I, I I I at this moment I'm not really paying too much attention to it because, um, like I said, I think there's a lot of scaremongering. Um, none of it's coming from credible sources. Arteta himself, we have to take him. You know, the words that come out of his mouth. Arteta said himself, Gabriel is going to have a huge season ahead of him. Um, he, uh, what was I going to say? He obviously came on against Palace the other night. Um, were were you a little bit shocked to see him on the bench? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I thought Palace is a tough away game. You want you want your best best defenders out. I mean, I'm I'm still it's, it's still something I'm scratching my head around because obviously I know at the moment we're building with a back three, right? Well, I mean, to be fair, you could always say we always build with a back three and it's one of the fullbacks that invert. And obviously, normally it's Zinchenko, but obviously he's been injured and, you know, Party started the season at right back. This is how I think it, we ended the season like this as well, where Party was at right back and he was inverting from right back next to Jorginho. Now he's inverting from right back next to Rice. So Did I think Gabriel it's fundamental. have a game at left back? No, he he was he was still he was playing left centre back though. Like, you know, in this mm. three, he was playing. But it's interesting that, you know, that the left centre-back, he it doesn't seem like Arteta is completely... Well, it doesn't look to me like he's completely sold on Gabriel as the left centre-back, which may, mm. which is a bit weird to me, right? Considering that's essentially where he plays anyway when Zinchenko's there, right? Because when mm. Zinchenko's playing, is, is it not Gabriel that's covering? But I thought it was interesting that Timber started the season, you know, until the injury. And even when Timber got the injury, it wasn't Gabriel that came on first. It was Tomiyasu. Um you know, so it is interesting. It's it's, it's one to watch. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe once a, a wide centre back who can maybe push forward a bit more in possession. I don't know. But I, but watching it, I don't think Tommy Asu really pushes forward that much or is that progressive in possession. Timber, we obviously we have such a small sample size, but he did look really good. So I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, on paper, it doesn't look to me like Gabriel can't do what anyone else who's played left centre back. Mm. is doing you know i get the central center back is is very different you know i think you want the most commanding more of a sweeper in that role so it makes sense for saliba being the center cent the central center back and you know I, th- I think ben white's perfect for the right center back role so no issues yeah. on that side but but the other side is is a bit i don't know man i don't know i hope put it this way i just hope not because i think he's a fantastic defender and i think he he's literally he was what he was the first proper signing Arteta made, right? You know, six months after he joined. And I saw, I think I saw a stat that he played like 73 league games in a row or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, anyway. he's so, played like every game under Arteta, man. So, so it's, it, I don't think it's a case of Arteta not trusting him. I don't, I don't think it is that. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if there's much to this, man. I think, I think maybe Arteta's maybe tweaked the system a little bit. Um, and, and this is just the way. Uh, this is just the way he wants to play in certain games. Like, yeah. it, I, who, who, who we got next? What, what's our next game? Fulham, Fulham isn't Saturday. it? Fulham at home. Mm. So, do you think so probably come be back in? no? Because I think because, keep because, the because same. From, so and and this is this is interesting because on assuming Zinchenko is fully fit now, he came on obviously in this game. I would personally like to start Zinchenko. You know, I would like to just have more of last season's back four in this game. Mm. You know, Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba, White. That's what I would feel comfortable with. But again, this is I'm just I'm just stating my preference. And I know for a fact 
you know, I don't think he will have Zinchenko and party, but he won't have two inverted fullbacks in one game. Do you know what I mean? So that's so, a good point, actually. So, so maybe Gabriel does come in. Maybe it's just a thing of when Zinchenko's been out. Yeah, po- you know. possibly. And, and and that would make sense if that was the case, right? Because then you bring hopefully party back into six or yeah. maybe it's one of or maybe it's one of the games where Arteta feels we don't need party and you just put Rice six with Zinchenko inverted next to him and mm-hmm. you I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I think there's this, this could all be all part of it, man. Like we're we're looking at a very, very small sample size here. Like yeah, it's yeah. been two games. You know, we've been without Zinchenko. Mm. That, you know, we, we saw last season we were really struggling to find a solution to Zinchenko mm. being being out, right? Like mm. every time he wasn't he, he wasn't in the team, we felt the effects some sure. somewhere or another. Like, you know, mainly in possession, right? Now, I don't think we miss Zinchenko too much defensively, but yeah. in possession, we, we feel the effects. And you know, I mean, we'll get onto a little bit about Partey's performance, but I, I, I feel like Partey doing He's not as good as Zinchenko in that role, but mm. he gives you a lot of the qualities that Zinchenko, um, you know, has in in doing that role. And um, I think I think maybe it was just maybe this is just a a short term solution for for this. Mm. Like you said, I can't see him doing two inverted fullbacks, Partey and, wouldn't, and Zinchenko. Wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Def, def, defeats the defeats the purpose, and also. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. No. When Zinchenko came on the other day against Palace, yeah. where did he come on at? He was well, we were down to 10 was, men. Yeah, we were we, down so... to 10 men, so he was further forward. So I wouldn't read mm. too much into what happened on Thursday. It was just, mm. they they just, he brought on possession players towards the end to just to try and, you know, take this thing out of the game. So I, I wouldn't mm. read much too much into that. Because he was like a like a left mid, I think, Zinchenko, when he came on sort of. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't read too much into that one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, but let, let's get into more of the crux of the game. And, you know, um, I, I, I guess we will talk a little bit about the referee. And um, we did talk a lot about it on the on the post-match pod. I mean, maybe just a short word about the referee performance and then we can get on to the actual uh, performance themselves from, from, from the team. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some of the decisions over the weekend. McAllister won. I just think there's just incons- inconsistencies. We just... In refing, I think it's stuff we've touched on before, you know, um, just a lack of coherency with the referees generally, you know, a lack of common sense being applied in certain situations. And I think the point was made on our vision as well was just like, you know, I think when you take someone down to 10 men, it should be for like, a sp- you know, something real bad that's happened. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I think you're just ruining games unnecessarily. Like, and like we saw, Tommy Asu didn't even barely touched him um for that so it was and obviously i think um the point that was made he the the one he first got booked for was as a result of you know we had probably wasted a bit of time from before and i think tommy Asi was just the four guy so but it was just a bit of a, a shit show to get two yellows for what he got two yellows for is just is insane yeah yeah you know absolutely i think um some of these referees they they, they just lost the concept of what the game is supposed to be about football is supposed to be 11 v 11 and you know, I think what was even more frustrating was that, you know, it just it felt like to me the referee was trying to even up the contest a little bit. You know, literally five minutes earlier, Andre Ayew, exactly the same situation, already on a yellow, and even more blatant, literally just yanks Saka back. And the referee makes a, a case in point just to be like, Hey, that's your last one. Don't do that again. 
Tommy Asu, yeah. five minutes later, exactly the same thing, but a bit more innocuous. Straight away, yellow card, not even a word. And it's just like, that's that that's not consistency. They're exactly the same situation. Yeah. Even Saka's is even in even a, a more dangerous, like, threatening position. Saka's more central. Once he's got past Ayu, he's, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's running at the defence. So, yeah, man, I, I was fuming, absolutely fuming, because it was just like, we were well in control at that point. Went a vintage performance, I will say that, you know. Um, but going away to Palace, not many teams are going to be able to exercise the amount of control we had over that game as we did. Teams are going to struggle at Palace this year. Teams have mm-hmm. been struggle, struggling at Palace, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was, it, for me, um, you know, some people might criticise and say, oh, you know, Palace had, you know, a, a bit too much of the game. But, listen, this is the Premier League. When you're playing away in the Premier League, teams are going to have their moments. And if I'm, if I'm pretty brutally honest, when, even when Palace had, um, the man advantage. I don't, I don't really remember Palace having a, a proper chance. Yeah, yeah, like I said, they, they had supposedly 14 shots in this game, but yeah. literally, apart from the Tyreek Mitchell chance at the end, which he blazed over, I don't remember them having anything clear-cut. So, so yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, we nullified their threat pretty well. I thought defensively, mm-hmm. we were very, very good. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ben White, silly, but fantastic in defence. Um Declan Rice, I mean, we can we can probably talk a little bit about him because you know this was um this was I think a real welcome to Arsenal kind of performance, you know. This was like this is what I'm about. I enjoyed his interview before the game where he was just sort of like he was on the coach on the way to the game and just said, you know what? Let's fucking have it. Like that's essentially what he said, you know. And I, I like that mentality. That's how I play football, isn't it? So let, let's fucking have it. You know what I mean? Let's go and let's go and do it. And um, yeah, like I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed his performance. I thought defensively we were so switched on, strong in jewels. You know, um, even on the ball, he showcased a lot of a lot of quality on the ball. A couple of really nice passes. Obviously, set up Eddie for, you know, the chance that one one of the chances he really should have taken. Um, but yeah, just how did you how did you um, how did you feel about Declan Rice's performance? Yeah, I thought um, he, he he's done really well. Um, I thought he I thought he got man of the match and rightly so. It could have been him or Saliba in this game, but uh, but I thought Declan was you know everything that we were told about what Deck is. You know he he's, he's essentially what that is. But I think one of the things that impresses me most about him is that similar to Saka, he shows a propensity to learn stuff really really quickly. Um, he picks up stuff really, really quickly. I remember, um, you know, in all the interviews, he feels like he does an interview every week since he's joined Arsenal, but he's sp- spoken about how he adapts to different zones, how, you know, orienting like his body shape to pick up the ball from different angles, how Arteta's um, speaking to him about football more in zones rather than, you know, your actual position on the pitch. And I think he's just showing. And I think one of the, the things that has impressed me and it, I think it impressed you as well was that, that the more responsibility, right? Because we always speak about Rice coming from a team which plays in transition, which doesn't have a lot of possession, you know, and he doesn't really get that opportunity to showcase the ball carrying that he has at West, that, that he did at West Ham, purely because, you know, he's up against a team, he's up against teams now where we're averaging, you know, 70% possession in games. I saw, 
I think within the first 15 minutes, we had like 85% possession in this game. So, you know, where you're picking up the ball, it's in, it's in very different zones to where you're probably used to at West Ham and how you utilise the ball is very different. But I thought there were some nice switches. I thought there were some decent runs off the ball, like you said, the one which uh, I think Erdegaard found him and then he used it to set up Eddie. Um, you know, showing that he's, you know, very calm under pressure as well, you know, late on in games as well. So, and he has that, we don't need to speak, you know, he has that athleticism and it is real. Like, if it was a... It's, it's weird because Arsenal, I don't feel like Arsenal have had this type of player for time. Like, you know, when you think about like strong sort of like British archetype, this mm. feels like a more a United player in it historically. Mm. Like, you know, it feels like a player United would have signed under Fergie. Um, yeah. But I really like him, man. His, his attitude is infectious. He works hard. He does everything you want. And, and he, he's showing more quality on the ball, which is where I think a lot of our concerns were initially you know so um big up to him man and i think i think like i said like saka he'll continue to learn and continue to improve because he has very good football in iq yeah sure um i mean i want to just i, I, I want to quickly talk about a few other players as well um for me uh Havertz's performance was I'm, I've, I've listened to a few other like podcasts and um you know seen a bit of on social media about um, Havertz's performance. And for me, I think there's a lot of people doing way too much in terms of like <laughs> being way too positive about this guy. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not by force to, to watch a, to watch an Arsenal player's performance and like force feed yourself to, to, to enjoy it. Um, I think you can be objective and just say, not good enough. We don't, we've not bought you to do what you've just shown us against Palace. And people are going above and beyond to try and justify what I thought was a really, really weak performance. And we bought him for his attacking capabilities, of which he isn't showing any. Um, technically, I've been really, really surprised at how below the level he looks. You know, he receives the ball and he needs three or four touches to, to get it fully under control. You know, he never looks fully balanced. Um, I'm I'm quite concerned about, about him in that eight role, for sure. Up front, I can kind of... Not really my cup of tea, but I can... Out of sight, out of mind. You can do a bit of linking up. Decent decent off the ball you know you'd probably get a few goals you know but in that eight just not having him man I think he's well short of the level and and you know I had I had concerns about Declan Rice's technical um technical attributes I it's clear it, for me Declan Rice is a better technician than than Havertz from what from what I've seen so far you know and that's quite concerning to me because I'm sure you know that that eight role. I th I think it 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 requires you know um, some technical proficiency, and I'm not sure Havertz has got it in his locker to do it. It's 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 funny, you know, because I, I I'm not too much in disagreement with with what you said. I'm pretty much there. You know, they're talking about a lot of people online are gassing like the winning of jewels, even though like you said, he lost the most amount of jewels. Like it's cool. So like they're guessing the fact that he's working hard, he's winning jewels, he's showing good intensity. And that's cool. Like, great. Don't get me wrong. I know Arteta wants that from every individual, every player. And um, 
But at the same time, like you said, we paid 65 million for an attacking midfielder. I want to see some attacking midfielding stuff, please. Do you know what I mean? So, and you know, um, I think I said on the Patreon the other day, I can give him a slight bly because I think the left-hand side dynamics are not really favourable at the moment, if so to speak, because yeah. I don't think we have many. If you look at like, you've got White, Thomas Party, Erdegaard, all of these guys are good passers on the right-hand side, yeah? On the left-hand side, we don't really have many, would you say, proficient ball progresses on the left-hand side. So I, I can allow that, you know, he's not receiving the ball maybe in the most favourable positions. Rice and Timber were more ball carriers. However, still, there are still times where you pick up the ball in pockets, but I just find you a bit too passive and a bit too timid. You know, I need you to, like you said, when you're receiving the ball, take it on the half turn, one, two touches, drive, accelerate towards goal, um, make stuff happen. Do you know what I mean? I, you can't just be telling me that you're in the team to be making off the ball runs and, you know, filling in at the back post maybe for, for a shot. That, that's, that's, that's not enough. We need to see a bit more from you. So, yeah, you're working hard. Yes, you're tracking back. And it's funny because this was the debate we were having in the group chat today. Um, just generally, we were saying, funnily enough, I thought Havertz was going to have more of an impact offensively and we'd suffer defensively. But from the first few games of the season, it's, it's been the complete opposite. I'm actually been more encouraged by what we've done defensively. But evidently, in my opinion, I don't think we look very fluid offensively. And that could be for a myriad of reasons, right? We've spoken about Zinchenko and Jesus have still got to come back and they do a lot, you know, to help us offensively. So I think... They're probably two of our like, most fluid players. Yeah, like, they're, they're, of, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. So from an offensive potential, I expect us to improve what, once those two come back. And, and maybe that will help Havertz as well because he does, you know... Jesus is a striker that, you know, drops off the front line, right? And he creates, like, think back to last season, Lou, how many times Jesus would drop off and then Jacker would make that, you know, the run in behind. So I could see theoretically that working, you know, Jesus dropping off and Havertz running. On paper, that makes sense, right? So, but still, and, and obviously this is not to, to shit on Eddie because I think Eddie's done well, but obviously Eddie doesn't facilitate as much fluidity, in my opinion. He's more of a nine that wants the bag, you know, so the chances fall to him rather than anyone else. Um, but... Yeah, I think Havertz, I just, I just need to see more. I just need to see more. So, cool, you're working hard. Cool, you're showing good intensity. But I'm not guessing that. I'm not guessing hard work and intensity. Come on, you cost 65 million and you're one of the highest paid players in the team. I need to see some more attacking proficiency. And hopefully, hopefully, like I said, I, I, I don't, two games, so cool. There might be more to come. Maybe I'm jumping the gun. But like you said, I can only judge what I see. And what I've seen so far, I've not liked it. So, hopefully in a like a month's time we can sit here and say cool there's been more adaptation and he looks better so but people had concerns prior and unfortunately at the moment he's done nothing to dispel those concerns but that's the most annoying thing to me is people are then using that as like uh well you you're just being biased because you didn't like the signing listen there's nobody i i'm so happy to put my hands up and say i got it wrong i i'm an arsenal fan i want arsenal to do well i want arsenal players to do well I wasn't a fan of Declan Rice. I'm happy to put my hands up and say, you know what? He's been impressive, you know? So, um, yeah, like that that argument can't really run with me because I'll be the first person to put my hands up and say, you know what? He's really surprised me. But even with the, the intensity stuff, Sean, I just see it as faux intensity. It's like he gets there and oh, I can't... It just does my head in. He's, he's already starting to do my head in as a... Um, as a, a as an Arsenal player, and I'm, I'm really not liking what I'm seeing, man. Um, but listen, I'll give him time. I always give people time, but I need to see more. 
I really, really need to see more. And, you know, I'm seeing compilations going around of his performance. It is the, it is the most... I mean, I don't know the, the objective behind that compilation. Maybe the compilation, because it doesn't say masterclass from Kai Havertz. It was literally just Kai Havertz, Palace, you know. So it could just be... I, I, and I, I've got nothing against those compilations because there's, there's no agenda behind it. It's just what this player did. These are his best highlights from the game, you know. But if that's your best highlights from a game, then we've got some real issues because when you look at what your James Madisons were doing for Spurs, your Eze, which they Eze's, which have been doing uh, against um, even against us, we could compare that to a Granite Xhaka compilation last year. Granite Xhaka's compilation looked a lot more impressive than what Havis was serving up against Palace. So, but yeah, we'll see. I don't want to. I don't want to make this a um, a podcast just to you know take him to the cleaners and slander him. But um, yeah, definitely need to see more. Um, uh, just a quick one on the uh, the penalty that we received. Um, we were you a bit surprised to see Odegaard step up? Not entirely. We I think we had this discussion on Touchy Gunas. I think just before the season started, and we said that because Saka's missed his last two, but he's only actually missed one official one in a competitive game, right? And that was against West Ham at the back end of last season. But he missed one in pre-season as well. And we, we were saying, well, I said, me personally, I said, even though, and this sounds quite harsh because he's taken five penalties, he scored four out of five. And I think four of them were against Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City and Man United. <laughs> so I can't slander him because he's, he's taken high pressure penalties against good teams and he scored four out of five of them. So... I can't slander it too much, but me personally, there's a way Erdogan takes the penalties. I feel like there's just a bit more sh- sh- like assuredness about him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when he just, if how how it felt, do you remember when Arteta used to play for us, right? And Arteta yeah. used to take pens. It just, you felt confident, right? You felt confident in the way he was taking the pen. And even more so, maybe someone like Jorginho, if he was on the pitch, even though I don't rate him massive, massively highly, but I think he's a very good penalty taker, right? You know, so yeah, I just think... Uh, but apparently it was, you know, because Saka, Saka is the designated penalty taker. But I think Arteta said post-game that apparently they decided between themselves. Apparently Odegaard said he asked Saka to take it. So I, I ain't got no issue, I think. And he dispatched it well. So I've got no issue with that. Mm. So, Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think when you're looking at penalty takers, I mean, um, it's a small sample size. But Saka has never filled me with confidence taking pens. Um, and... I do like my penalty takers to be very clean strikers of the ball. Um, And when they're stepping up, I just want them to fill me with confidence kind of thing. And um, I think because, you know, my love for Saka, I don't, I never want him to be the guy to miss. So it's hard to stomach when he misses the penalty, you know, when he misses a penalty. Um, Obviously the issue is here is like, that's going to take, four or five goals away from his season total, isn't it? So it's like, going to need him to make that up somewhere, you know, because the ups, the ups are lurking and we need, we need them, uh, we need them goals and assist numbers. I know we need, we need those stat numbers up boy. So <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see. It might've just been a one-off, but, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll get onto some listeners questions because I'm sure we can cover like a multitude of topics with the listeners questions. Um, So I'll try and get, um, as many of them as possible. Um, <clears throat> so I'll start from uh, Respawn Targaryen. That's just Jide. He, uh, he asks, as gender aside, where should Kai play 
to get the best out of him? I don't know. <laughs> I think Arteta is going to ride these wheels until they fall off, so to speak. Like, So he's going to be playing... I don't even call it innate, Lewis, if I'm to be totally honest. I think it's more of a second striker role. It's almost like more of a 4 4, like him just off the main man. So, because um, he's got no build up responsibilities, right? He's not responsible to help build play. Like, that's not what he's in the team for. So, he, he presses, you know, sometimes with the front man. He can, he drops in, but, and he's, you know, I think, and and there is something that I, that I do notice because I was at the Nottingham Forest game the other week as well, is that. Whenever we have like a, whenever Ramsdale goes long, Eddie drops short, and then Ramsdale is there to, you know. So I, I think, I think, I think that's that's part of it as well. But I think, you know, person best place to ask maybe the person that that that's here with us now. Late, so. late joiner German Dan. After the feedback we just got on the pod about late joiners, and he's he's come with his Havertz defense league do rag on H, H, HDL, yeah. Rah, I've not even been on 20 seconds, you know. <laughs> what, no no full play, no starters? No, 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 no not at all. We, we know what you're like after a cocktail. <laughs> listen, I'm going to eat my calamari before I get going, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, listen, me and Sheldon have already given our opinions on, on Havertz. We think he's a, a fucking disgrace, um, to put it mildly. No, I'm joking. But, um, yeah, we've already given our thoughts on, on Havertz. The, 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 we've had a lot of questions from... From listeners regarding habits and one from Jude was a generous side where should Kai play to get the best out of him so maybe you answer that question also give your honest perspective on his performance against Palace okay so that's twofold okay so first one getting getting the best out of him it's not really about that it's about getting the best out of the team in my opinion so and which is why I think he plays where he plays and which is why I think he's playing in that role instead of someone like Trussard or someone like ESR. Um, on the performance, I think he's he wasn't good in the um, game against Forest, and he was also not good in the game against Palace. Um, not not good is an adject isn't an, an adjective. Can you uh, could you give us an adjective to describe cool. Kai Havertz's? Is... Okay. Cool. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll nail you down to the word poor. That, that, does that work for you? Uh, the same word I use in the group. <laughs> I'm just saying, not good. Yeah, saying someone is not good and saying someone's poor are two different things. That's fine. You know, not good and poor are for me, you know, pretty synonymous. Um, so it's about the same region for me. It's not as far as shit. Which is the adjective some people have decided to use, you know. So I definitely think he was poor in both in both games. Um, Lou's ask Lou's trying to nail me down. Pause on on this word because um, I've been trying to nail people down on their words. And that's we cool. had a just to give people context. We had about a three hour debate in the Touchy Goodies group chat the other day over um, whether Habits was a two out of ten or a four out of ten, or whether he was shit or whether he was poor. Peak, peak, <laughs> peak. peak. Um, uh, uh, you know, definition wars, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm Amanda. Um, English is not my first language, so I had to learn this language first. So, <laughs> you know, I like to be specific. <laughs> nah, but jokes aside, I definitely don't think he was good. I think he was poor in both games. Um, what my gripe was with people's analysis of his performance was that, if, and I, I tweeted it as well. I think. People, are, people either went way too positive, so I don't think he was a 6 out of 10 or anything like that. I think he was definitely below that. At what people went too negative and gave him a 2 out of 10 or even below that. And I felt like the the truth was somewhere in between. Um, 
and really um what was poor about his game was his on the ball stuff he was he was extremely safe extremely timid with the ball um i think a lot of times his actions were going backwards i think there's only two occasions where i remember him playing forward um so i i definitely didn't think he was good at all on the ball i think he was actually poor, worse than poor on the ball um why i think his shit, performance shit, shit on the ball yeah, you could say he was shit on the ball yeah um why i think his performance overall was poor and rather than shit overall was because he was off the ball quite good um, I think he was good in duels. I think he was um, active in duels. And I also think um, he made good movements. Um, he, he wasn't found, so I'm not really rating or weighing much towards that. Um, but I think he, in the duel aspect, um, I think that's one thing that he, people should be surprised by. Because when, if I go back to conversations about who we are buying to replace Xhaka, I think the key component people have mentioned were the guy that we signing, is he going to be able to be as physical as Jacker, as defensively solid? Um, is he going to bring that aspect into the the role? Um, and people thought that getting habits would he wouldn't be able to do that because people ascertain a lack of intensity, a lack of um, you know physicality with him. Um, think he is um, shy habits, you know. So all these all these adjectives that kind of associating with him, and so therefore there would he would not be able to do the off-the-ball stuff and also doubted he was able to do the on-the-ball stuff. So I think it's quite funny that off the ball, he's been actually pretty good, but on the ball, he's been pretty shit. So, um, and this is where I am with this right now. For me, I, I need to see if he can remain good off the ball and add a lot more on the ball. Um, and then I will say he's played well. I don't think he's played well outside of the City game and in an Arsenal shirt yet. So that's that's my honest assessment. And I think the way that role is um is used, I think the big um component I think that people which is why people keep suggesting Trossard and ESR and that eight, I said that it's not looking at this role, in my opinion, as a as an actual midfielder. I think that role has some components of what Jack has done. Um, but he's trying to evolve that role into someone that is in the box more than they are in the half spaces. Um, so whilst Havertz comes into half space occasionally, I think he wants him into the in the box quite a lot. So if you if you go back and watch the game, you see that basically every crossing situation Havertz is in the box, whereas Udegaard is not. Udegaard is outside the box a lot of times. So I think those are like kind of key differences. And then if you also compare like the number of touches that you know Havertz takes in that game, and I, I I'm gonna you know closely monitor if that the number of touches goes up. Um, or if that's going to remain the same, he's more closer to number of touches than to Eddie than he is to Udegaard. Um, so again, I feel like this is like a, like the like party at right back is not really a right back. He's more of a six or you know inverted CM. Um, like Jinchenko, a left back is more of a CM. Like you know Rice at six is more of a six and an eight. Like I feel like you know a lot of a lot of um, a lot of positions in the team are dual roles. Uh, and I think this is one of them. So um, I think people just need to keep that in mind. Overall, I don't think he's been good in the last two games. Would say definitely he was. He has been poor, um, and we 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 need to continue objectively um, analyzing them. In my opinion, Count Dracula. He asked, uh, "Fellaini's best goal tally in the Premier League was eleven at Everton. Will the German Fellaini match that?" I'm not sure. Do, do you agree with that assessment of him being called the German Fellaini? I think some aspects, maybe the long ball. To him. <laughs> well, he's definitely not that type of. Uh, I think mm. He's definitely not like Fellaini. Mm. Okay, 
Fair enough. Um, let's move away from habits. I want to talk a little bit about Eddie and Ketia uh, because he um, also stoked up a lot of conversation, um, <clears throat> you know, regarding his performance. Um, burner account F. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? Who's uh, not? Man's, man's already onto F of his burner account. What happened to A, B, C, D, E? Uh, did the oh. missus find out, bro? Elon Musk is erasing you, man. He asks, is Eddie and Ketia underrated or overrated? I, 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 don't, I don't think he's. I don't think he's either. Really, I just think he's just rated where 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 he should be. I think he's a. I think he's a decent striker, um, and I think he would be very good for a lot of Premier League clubs. Um, I still stand more by the opinion that he's not optimal for Arsenal's game model. I, I prefer when we operate with Jesus or Trossard. You know, I'm um, I'm not as high up on everyone else as that. My nine needs to be the main clapper. Like Sack Salah at Liverpool has been the main shooter for like six six odd seasons, right? And he's from the right wing, but no one seems to care there. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't. As long as my team scores goals. You know, I'd have more of an issue if my team wasn't scoring, period. Like, it doesn't have to be the nine. Like, what I've seen based on the last 18 months, we seem to fare really well when we have a nine that can drop in and that can feed um, our wingers who make out-to-in runs. And and I really like that approach. Um, so I've got no issue with that. Um, my issue with Eddie is that not him per se. I think he works really well. He um, shows good intensity, works hard off the ball. Um, but I think Eddie can play well but I don't necessarily think it has the best effects for the team generally um you know I don't think he's much of a combination player so I don't think he links up particularly well I think we've spoken quite a lot on this pod about how when Eddie plays Martinelli never tends to have his best games um so I just think he's a decent player um and I think he he's, he's a good standing guy but me personally I for example for, for Fulham on Saturday I would like to bring in Trossard as a force nine that's how i would operate so but um but overall i think he's done well i think he's actually done fine in both games i've actually got no issue with how he's played apart from obviously on monday he should have scored he had two guilt edge presentable opportunities the first one a bit unlucky because he's pretty much created that by himself he's 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 a uh, rolled anderson and he's just unlucky like you know wrong side of the post unfortunate um but the second one that right set up for him skill edge just just a bad finish Sorry, is that unlucky or is that just, you know, other other players will be able to keep balance there? Uh, maybe, maybe, um, may, maybe you're right. I think, I think it's a little harsh. Like he literally, he's rolled Anderson and then he has Gwehi like on his back as he's trying to take a shot. So uh, I'm not massively, massively down on him. But I think it's unlucky, literally just an inch what to the, to the right and he scores. So. I'm not mad at him for that. The second one is 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 egregious. There's no excuse for for that. Trying to chip the goalkeeper six yards out is insane. Um, so yeah, it, which is just a bad finish. Is um is the lack of because I'm suffering from a real lack of confidence uh, with with seeing Eddie in front of goal now. Um, I think we've seen way too many of these opportunities go amiss, and. Um, it's becoming quite a large sample size now. You know, we're getting a lot more data now about Eddie. Whereas before, when he first came onto the scene, we all thought he was maybe a little bit rugged, didn't have the technical attributes, but was a solid finisher. And we saw that from like the under 21s and we saw that 
on uh, whilst he was on loan. It, the, the narrative was give Eddie a chance he'll score, but the rest of his game needs a lot of work. It now seems like the flip side of that has happened where he's improved his all-round game, but now he's getting more chances. He, he's just not he's not flotting them away. And um how how big of a problem is that is that becoming? I think with Eddie he's just not a consistent finisher. So I think he can go through or he can he can pull off the odd good finish. I, I remember the finish for the United 3 2. That's quite a good finish. That's I think any finish that requires a readjustment or adjustment, short reaction time is not easy. Um and then he also I think I think there's a couple of times where I felt like he's taken a good touch, like he's like he's like he for that, did for that chance where he's like turned the player with a good sort of turn and then he got his his chance away. So I think he's capable of these you know, little moments of like quality for sure in front of goal because we've seen it a couple of times. But then just the consistency of his of his ball striking is not quite there. Um, because we've seen him on numerous occasions um, miss chances where you think, oh, you need to get a better connection there, keep that finish low, find the corner. Do you know what I mean? All these type of things. And then even I've seen him attempt chips a few times now where you're like, why are you chipping the ball? Um, so I think it's not just consistency of striking, also choice of finish. And even if you look at the finishes that he does score, either in the corner, like the goal that he scored the other week, it was right at the keeper. It got deflected. So I feel like he just doesn't quite have consistent ball striking. What he does have, he's, he can manufacture chances for himself and he can find chances in the box. So he, he's able to do those things. I just don't quite see how the finishing is going to be all, all of a sudden quite consistent. I just, And I've always kind of said that I feel like, um, you know, Eddie... Eddie's developing well. I think he's massively, you know, improved from where he was like two two seasons ago. But I always felt that he misses at the same rate as Jesus. He he just doesn't have the overall play that Jesus has, or he misses at the same rate. They both miss big chances. BCM, BCM, them boys are not tucking them. So, boy, you know, what what, what can we do? We we sh- we should, in my opinion, you know, I would look at trying to have someone next to Jesus that is more consistent with their ball striking. Um, but you know, I think Eddie is an academy product. He's he does give us good things, so I'm not too down on him. But I just I don't have you know I don't have faith in him scoring you know close to his expected goals. I think he's probably always going to be slightly under, maybe even largely under, like Jesus is usually. So let's see. I mean, the sample size is getting bigger, and we're seeing him miss more chances. To be honest, yeah, for sure. Um... Just going to get through. We've got a lot of listeners' questions. Um, but I'm aware that it's getting late, so uh, we can maybe just try and get through these a, a bit quickly. Um, Sosh GN he asks, uh, Can Rice become the best DM in the world at Arsenal? He's got the best physical and tactical attributes in the game and solid technically with scope to improve. Well, it sounds like Sosh believes that Rice does have the <laughs> can become the best team in the world at, at Arsenal. Do you guys agree? Uh I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. You know, I I have I've written off players before and, and they've shown me a big scope for him. What what I do like and I said that earlier about Rice is that I think he has the same lack of scope for improvement in terms of they they take on information very well and they apply it very, very quickly. So um, I won't rule it out. Uh, I won't rule it out. But you know, I'm not going to be sitting here and categorically outright say. I mean, because who would replace right top right now? I'm assuming most people would say Rodri, right? Rodri. Um, 
But after Rodri's after Rodri's quite open, maybe. So who knows? Who knows, right? And yeah. and, De- and Deck is twenty four. So it's it, it might not be. It's not the wildest shout in the world. I don't think. I don't think it is because you if, if we're if, if we're saying for the next four or five seasons we expect Arsenal to challenge it for for all the major honours, right? And Deck is supposed to be a big part of that. So if if he's a big part in helping us to reach our goals, Premier League, hopefully Champions League, then he'll naturally get that acknowledgement himself as well. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting as well because when we talk about the best teams in the world, we talk about Rodri. We talk about we even talk about Partey in the same kind of breath as as Rodri. So you know we're kind of like already looking at Partey on that level. Um, some people will probably disagree, but I, I really think Partey on these days is every bit as good as Rodri. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see you know how Declan Rice does perform in this in this out because we've 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 got the best out of Partey, so. You know, maybe we can get the best out of Rice as well, and you know, and it'd be interesting to see us match up those those performances together and just you know compare compare them. Well, I think he needs to be top three. He needs to be there. He has to go machine for machine with Casado. That's what that price tag, tag you know, that's what that price tag situates them both. So I think Enzo? he's only... Enzo's not a DM though, no. so I would say CM. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Take it, you look what at him. Would you call Enzo then? I'd say he's just a centre mid. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Rice also a centre mid, like he's doing both yeah. sides. But him and Casado, I think, can really. I mean, Enzo doesn't have, doesn't, can't hold a candle to them defensively, in my opinion. So I think those mm-hmm. guys that can actually defend. Um, but Enzo's is, is much better than both on the ball. Um, mm-hmm. well, he lo- he loves to switch to play. That's that's what he's good at. <laughs> Don't tell that to Dissu. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, uh, still digs. He says, Do you think keeping Pepe as an alternative to Saka or Nelson is a good ploy? And if not, who do we get for right wing? No, please, guys, stop the me- stop the Pepe stuff. Man, they never come back for training, bro. They they <laughs> they, they they said, Go find a gymnasium, <laughs> go <laughs> go fucking go play for your, your local Sunday league side and get your minutes in, lads, you know? Like, they have completely <laughs> bombed him off. It's it's crazy what has happened to Pepe. Like, the fact that he isn't even training with the club is nuts. Yeah. It is nuts. Like, how like how bad you have to be? How, how, like, poorly does the manager have to rate you if he don't even want you training at Colney? Like, that's yeah. insane to me. It's and, gone and, and that, go on, yeah. yeah, sorry, I was gonna sorry to interrupt there, but I think it's gone under the radar a little bit that really he's not been here all summer. It's fucking Bro. August, end of August. So yeah, speak. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think there's a way. I, I know I saw some tweets saying there's a way back from. I just don't see how. Like, we just know Arteta's gonna use it. If he does, then he's gonna use him in one two games and be like, nope, <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> so I just don't see the point. We need to shift him. I think it's like, there's a zero percent chance that Pepe gets any game time this year. Zero percent, you know. Like, um, but yeah, uh, any any alternatives to to that who to sign as as cover for Saka? I mean, I, I think I, I'd love to take a gamble and answer Fatty. I've said this before. I know he's had a poor injury history, but I believe in the talent of this guy, and I think. If he comes in as a as a backup rather than someone that you rely on to perform, I think that could sequence in um, over the next six to eight months into better match fitness, I think. And I think, you know, gradually 
you know, introducing them to bigger load pools, uh, I think will help someone like him. So, and then I can see him, you know, pushing the starters. So I, I would like us to take a gamble on him, to be really honest. Um, yeah, there's Luki Tyler. He also asked the same thing. He said, who would be your top pick for backup to Saka? Have seen Ansu Fati might be wanting a move. Would he be a good fit? In my opinion, he would be. We are we are failed Wonder Kid FC. Or you know, so come come through, my bro. <laughs> um I, I I did see that his wages are supposedly quite high Barcelona. So let's see if, if there if there's a way for this one to be done at all. I, we've not been linked. I, I've not seen anything credible. So I think we need to get rid of players first, right? That I saw something about 10 players we're trying to shift in the next seven days. So, boy, I'll go into our income is probably the least of our worries right now. Yep. Uh, Sean, any any thoughts on, on Ansu Fati potentially? Sean got that lucky Wi Fi. Oh, wow. Sean has disappeared. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. There's something going on with StreamYard today because you even struggled to get in, didn't you? Yeah. So, all right. We'll, we'll they, want, they wanted to silence me, man. You need to be silenced. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, I'm sure Sean would be uh, all over. And oh, actually, he's back here. Sean? Can you hear us? Yes. Yeah. No? Yeah. Sorry. I yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were talking about Ansu Fati. Okay. Any so, thoughts? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have him. <laughs> at the moment, I'm finding it hard to about incomings because we just have so much. We have such a bloated squad. We have like 32 players in our squad. So mm. at the moment, I'm just looking. I'm just thinking. We just need to get rid of some of these guys, man. If they're not going to play, can we just find some way to get them out? So I do like Ansu Fati. I've liked him as a player. bit concerned about some of his like his long injury history, considering he's only 20 years old. That doesn't fill me with major confidence, personally. Um, you know, if he's over that, great. But mm, considering how much he earns, supposedly around 200k a week, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too if in you know enthusiastic around that. So. It would have to be a sensible fee and a sensible wage. Um, what about Marcus Edwards? I saw some of the um, question about that. Yeah, yeah, not. Uh, I, I, I like him. So yeah, Edwards. I like him. Yeah, I, 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 do like him. I do like Marcus Edwards. He asked about Marcus Edwards. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a good player. I do like Marcus mm-hmm. Edwards. So um, so yeah, I think he's a I think he's a good talent. He rep, um, replicates the the left footer on the right side. Um, I like him. Every time I watched him, actually, I've been quite impressed. So um, he was good against us as well. Don't know how much fair. he'd cost. Yeah, he was good against us. I think I think that would be a good option, um, assuming we could get the right players out. But I'm not anticipating anything to happen. The only thing I think that would happen prior to the window closing is maybe another defender coming in. Um, well, I don't especially think if sell Gabriel. Forward. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. <laughs> Well, and we're yeah. you know, and we're acting. Tierney and Holding haven't made either Premier League squad either yet, so we're actively trying to sell them as well. So, um, so yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, Harry Sutherland. He asked uh, hypothetically, we have one more signing arriving this window. What position should be addressed? And Reese Hastings, ninety-seven. He asked, with the window coming to a close, would you rather see us go for defensive cover? Or cover for Saka. 
de- de- defensive for me, man. It's just defensive cover for me. Like the last two, if you look, the season we were challenging for top four and lost the Spurs, we fell out. Why did we fall off? Defensive instability. Uh, Tini got injured. Ben White got injured. We had to play Cedric and Holding. We saw what happened. Last season, challenge for the title. Everything was running smooth. Saliba went down. Then Tommy Yassi went down. What happened? Defensive instability. <laughs> so it's, it's not it's not our attack that's let us down in the last couple of years. So and and by the way, I totally get why we would need another you know attacker to challenge. Um, but I, I don't want to buy anyone for the sake of buying anyone. I'd rather buy like a hold it back and go for like a big boy forward next summer. Personally, I don't really like because we're at a position now. We're already we're saying the squad's too big. It's too bloated. There's too many. Mm, guys you're not so sure about anyone that comes in now needs to be someone who can take the shirt off someone who's in the 11 for me personally I don't want to buy any more squad players 25 dis dynasty underscore AFC he says while we are not a blistering attacking force at present the metrics and the eye tell me we are far more dominant than that many points last season if we are a bit boring but effective this season would you guys be pleased yes hmm Yes. I just need us to be there. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's the objective. And and and, 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 and do you know what a good comparison I think is, Dan and Lewis? I think when you look at uh, City, right, their Centurions with Sane, Sterling, Aguero, that team was hella exciting. But that team was getting bounced out of the Champions League by Monaco. Mm. <laughs> Last season, I thought, I thought City were as boring as hell. You know, mm. think how often, until Feb, we said... City haven't looked impressive all season. And even when they went into overdrive of picking up points post-Feb, they weren't like swashbuckling, like, were they? Do you know what I mean? I think Grealish finished, finished the season on five goals. It's not like they were, like, amazing. You don't have to think I about that. Think... I know he did. Five goals, 15 yeah. appearances. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, your boy Kai Havertz will be lucky to get that this season. Yeah, yeah. If he gets <laughs> past five, boy, I'm going to celebrate. But yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I feel like City have sacrificed a bit of entertainment for being a bit more efficient and ruthless. But I don't think City are anywhere near as exciting as they were like three, four years ago, personally. So if that's what makes us, you know, more winners, then then I'll take it. But I also just think, I think we'll get better offensively because we're, we've added in new play. We've added in Rice and Havertz, right? And they've got to learn our game model. They've got to adapt. Zinchenko and Jesus are not here. So I expect us to improve offensively as, as the season goes on. Um, and put it this way like like you said Lewis we scored 88 goals last season but we conceded 43 that the, the problems where it was are pretty evident right we didn't lose the league because we didn't score enough goals we lost the league because after Saliba got injured we just started shipping goals left right and centre so for me defensive stability is the key to, to to winning a league title and we said right we kept to look another clean sheet away from home you know we don't seem to keep clean sheets at home but away from home we seem to be a lot more solid man so so uh to that point, yeah, I'll take being a bit more boring because, boy, listen, it's been 20 years, man, since that title. I need that ring back at N5, man. So <laughs> you're going to need to bring me that ring. So if it makes us a bit more boring, I'll take it, man. Uh, last couple uh, before we wrap things up. Um, Don Mikel, 17. Uh, Thierry, Thierry the Goat. Uh, he says, Arteta has said some cryptic things this transfer window. Maybe I'm a pessimist. But he's defo psycho enough to sell Gabriel. And if he does, what do you think his reasoning would be? That's Leroy, Leroy's burner come out. 
what title? You know what? what title? It's funny because every time, anytime Leroy shares something in the Touch of Goodness chat, I just know it's going to be negative news. <laughs> of like, course. I, it's, yep. it's, he only shares the negative stuff. I, 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 say, I say to him, brother, that guy is an agent of negativity, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that guy doesn't like anything positive, man. Um, he's telling, he telling all his patients they got 10% chance of living. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but I just I just cut I just knocked my knee on the on I just cut knocked my toe on the on the table. Yeah, 10% chance, 10% chance that you might you might die. You got six months left. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, that guy, man. That guy. But yeah, um, the question is, what do you think his reasoning would be if if Gabriel? You know, like, Dan, I, I was saying to Sean earlier in the pod, do you remember that quote maybe about a month ago where I, t- uh, you know, insinuated that, you know, we would we would lose someone that we didn't want to lose? Do you remember hearing that quote? I, f- I remember. I think we, uh, but we all thought it was about party. Yeah, I think it was, it was, the timing was, so now people are going gonna go back on that call and say it's cryptic. It could have been Gabrielle, but at that time the rumors were party. So that for me, I'm looking at the the moment in time that call was made, and I would ascertain it to that moment in time. You know, because the rumors around party were heavy um, during that time. So I think I'm just gonna you know, I, I, and this might sound completely stupid. I, I know Ateta is a pathological liar, mm. but I'm gonna take him at his word. <laughs> So, Gabriel's going to play a lot of games. I'm guessing he's going to play a lot of games. He didn't say for who. He didn't say for who. (laughs) Nah, nah, he didn't say for who. That's that's what he's going to read. That's what his reason is going to be. But you said said Gabriel's going to play a lot. Hey, I didn't say for who. I said Uh, for, it could have been for Al Hilal. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't lie, to be honest, it's really difficult to tell right now. um, Because... At the moment, at this moment in time, you're just hearing sound bites of like the odd podcast, and you're hearing some like Fabrizio, some of the journalists say, No, there's nothing in it, really. Arsenal don't want to sell, we, we don't know. Um, and that Fabrizio always... don't, don't even tell us to look for Kudus, no, he's just a green terms with West Ham, brother. I don't, I don't know about it. I, I was literally going to lead to that. I was going to say, I'm just going to wait for you know, let the Ornstie Bomber hit me. If Gabriel's leaving, <laughs> that shit's going to hit me. That shit, that shit's going to kill me, man. <laughs> 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 I'm not. I'm not looking for the dark. I'm through the dark web for, on some information. I'm just gonna let the Unsi bumper hit me, man. It is. It is. What do you need, man? Hey, listen. If we sell Gabriel, yeah, bro. I will be cut Bro, nah. bro. I, I, I will not enjoy that sound at all. My head will be in the damn sky. I'm not gonna. Because how much me. money could we really receive to make that sale worth it? You know, like it's, 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 even if you're talking not, like seventy million, say. I don't want to. And the thing is, the moment the moment you sell him, whatever centre back you deem you're interested in, whatever club you want to right. go in, they're gonna know that money's burning a hole in your exactly. pocket, boy. <laughs> they're exactly. immediately gonna say 70, 80 M's like back. So yeah, it's, it's I I, I it's don't think we'd it. be that stupid, man. We just had Timber can't go out of an injury. Like I I can't. I just it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this compromises he, the he just, product too much. He just signed a new long-term contract literally yeah. like four months ago. So yeah, but we never know what's going on behind the scenes, isn't it? We never That's know true. what's going on behind That's the true. scenes, and this is the issue. We're, we're trying to guesswork about things we know five percent about, you know, and God knows what's going on. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it, just going back to that question, what do you think his reasoning would be to sell? Like, what could it be? You know, could it be it was it, the money was too good to turn down? Um, could it be he's not he didn't fit the requirements of the new role we want him to play? No, I, I think if there's anything, it would have to be financial, but I just don't mm. see it right now. Um, or that could also be the, the the fact that Gabriel's pushing for a move. You know, that could that could definitely be a factor as well. You know, you never you never know. As he said, we don't we don't know the behind the scenes. Um, he, so he, he didn't look like a player that was pushing for a move to me. I mean, look, how he was celebrating every block and tackle against Palace. He looked like a man that really wanted to be on the pitch playing for Arsenal. You know, uh... finish the game as captain. <laughs> exactly. Is, so... is, there, is there a dagger in the back <laughs> outside the psychopath? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always remember when Nasri put on a blastic against, um, was it Liverpool? Oh, yeah. or... Liverpool before he left. And then yeah. before he left, that I was convinced after that game. I was like, no, he ain't, no way he's leaving. You know, and then like next day, yeah, Nasri said, like, you fucking can't. <laughs> Oh, oh throw my PlayStation remote, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, anyway, anyway. Um, bloody old guys, the questions just keep coming on, uh, coming in. I think we get. Let's do Let a couple do... more, man. If there's right, we'll do a couple more. more. Listen, my, my missus is waiting to give me some dinner, mate. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, all right. Let me get some interesting ones on topics that I don't feel like we have answered. Um, okay, that guy, Daryl, he asked, I think there is a high chance ESR goes out on a last-minute loan. Are you with me when I say I can't see him getting any minutes? We So so we had this discussion in the group chat earlier today, like, and I, I, I can... I can see why people are worried. Me too, I'm worried, boy. That's that's my dog. So I am stressed. But it's, we've only played two games, man. Like when Champions League and like League Cup and all of those things start to kick in, there'll be even more rotation, man. So he he will get minutes. I'm just at the, at the moment, unfortunately, <laughs> he ain't even getting those poverty minutes. Like, <laughs> like yeah. So I, th I think it will come. But if if in December, I, I think we can afford to wait basically at the moment. If in December we're sitting here and we're like, this brother's not kicked the ball this season, then I think January window, I think we might have to look at something loan or even permanent. So, nice. so yeah. I don't want to. That's my boy, bro. But I'm in the mud right now, boy. Do you know how many stocks I've got in this guy? So, mm. it is what it is, man. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, on that note, uh, actually, let's do one more. Uh <clears throat> Yonko Abs, tranquilo. It says, uh, last year we learnt that Trossard Force 9 was a better option than Eddie to get Martinelli and our left eight back in the play. Why do you think Arteta is not sing the, using this ahead of Eddie? I think Arteta's been... Um, he, he wants to be more flexible this year. He's not just going to go back to the same... Same as the way the system is changing. He's not just going to go to the same pattern that worked last year just straight away he's he's exploring new synergies within the team new chemistries within the team so i think mm -hmm. that's why he's doing that and then he also said in, in the press recently right that you know eddie trained really really well 
basically mm. said to him, if you don't play me or just play me after training this well, God knows what you did in training. And, you know, he was like, what can I do kind of thing? And he's played him in that game. He scored. Um, Palace, I think, was a decent performance for me. Um, so I, I would I would think the only way Atata, um is taking him out is not because of performance, it's just because he wants to try again um, a few different things tactically. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, all right. On that note, gentlemen, we will leave it there. Um, as I've mentioned at the start of the pod, if you did want a more in-depth, uh, detailed analysis of um, the Palace game, um, it's available on our Patreon. So uh, that that will get uh, a post-match will get uploaded after every single game. Um, so yeah, you can head over to our Patreon, become a, a patron of ours for three pound a month, and you can get all of the. Uh, all of the post matches on there, but um, we'll continue to do the normal pods on Thursdays as well. Uh, German Dan, Sean, lovely to have you on. Um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Take it easy. Peace. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Sports Social Podcast Network.